Hi, and welcome to the JD Power Utility Podcast. This is Andrew Heath from JD Power. Uh, pleased to welcome you to our ongoing series of podcasts looking at topics relevant to customer satisfaction within the utility industry. Delighted to welcome my colleagues, Jeff Conklin, John Hazen, and Kelly Jackson. We're going to be looking at a range of topics uh, from some of the biggest uh, customers to the residential customers and some of the things that we're learning and hearing from the industry. So I guess one of the uh, one of the topics that sadly is a frequent topic this time of year, the impact of hurricanes on all services, electric, gas, and water. Uh, clearly, Hurricane Michael, a particularly bad uh, hurricane that has sorely hit the, uh, the coast along the Gulf Coast in Florida. Uh, we will be tracking that in terms of its impact, but um, John, what are your thoughts in terms of what we've seen recently regarding the responses we've seen from utilities as they prepare for and then respond to these events? Sure. It's a little probably too early for us to have any data related to Michael. Probably December, early January, we'll have a good sense of how utilities handled kind of that hurricane from a satisfaction and and uh, who did well and maybe who didn't do as well uh, with that. But but if you go back even to Katrina and Sandy, you know, which were 10, 12 years ago, uh, utilities didn't do a very good job uh, when those hurricanes hit after we kind of started to see the initial kind of customer satisfaction data afterwards. Um, what I think was really positive to see is, is after Irma, after Harvey, even some other hurricanes that were maybe two, three years ago, is we're seeing uh, a, still a few utilities not doing that well from the overall satisfaction, but but a, a higher number that have really kind of improved their response. They understand better that, that right out of the gate, you know, they have to be cautious with their restoration times and they have to make sure they're providing, you know, correct information to customers but but we've seen some brands that you know hurricane comes through their territory uh, they respond to it and uh, then you look three four months later at the customer satisfaction data and it's up and the other thing i think with michael that's great is is you again we don't really have the satisfaction results yet but but you're seeing some really good responses uh, that utilities are receiving as they've sent crews and trucks you know as i go on facebook or social media uh, and even their web sites just to see, you know, kind of what's happening with that utility in the Northeast or Midwest or even here in Florida. And you'll see pictures of their trucks being sent to go help the folks with Hurricane Michael. So I think they're getting really good uh, positive feedback from even, especially if you, like, if you look on Facebook and they'll say, you know, great that you're sending crews to help those folks, you know, even though, you know, the storm was maybe 200 miles away from, from the, their territory, they're getting some positive uh, feedback from their customers just for helping out the other utilities. Yeah, thanks, John. I think it's also interesting as to how we can see those lessons that are learned in some of the, the worst events utilities face, like hurricanes, applied elsewhere in the nation. So, you know, even out on the West Coast, as you know, the impact of fires and things can take place. A lot of common lessons and approaches that I think uh, apply in both areas that we're seeing uh, utilities apply well. Yeah, thanks, John. You know, to, to add to that, Andrew and John, it's pretty interesting watching the news, particularly to Hurricane Michael, 
it wasn't the utilities that were getting sort of the bad press. Frankly, it was the cell phone companies that were getting some bad press of, of not getting their systems back up and running uh, as soon as, as customers might have expected. So, John, I think it's just further evidence that the utilities are kind of getting their act together and, and kind of know how to do the ground game and making sure they're in a, a position to respond well. Yeah. yeah, and I think from a communications piece, even we saw, I think, a few hurricanes ago with PPLs. They did a really nice job of, of before the hurricane or major storm hit, of sending out like pictures of their trucks, kind of at the ready, kind of a parking lot full of trucks, ready to roll after the storm hit. So I think they're even doing a better job up front, along with doing a better job after the fact. Yeah, I think I think it's also been effective as the media now understands the information that the utilities make available and how how they can leverage it. Things like the maps, things like the updates that are available on social media. Oftentimes, what you see is you know the media using that content to help drive the stories and explain to people what's happening. So clearly, some good work going on. Um, unfortunately, it looks like we'll probably have you know continuations of that. I recognise that as we do this podcast at the end of October, we're not completely out of hurricane season, but let's hope that we've certainly had the the worst of the events this year. Thanks, John. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff, you were talking there um, about some of the things in other industries as as we look around from the utilities to other areas. Uh, clearly, it's something that we at JD Power cover in terms of getting customer feedback. Um, are there any things that you're seeing that are particularly relevant that would be uh, worthwhile for utilities to be paying attention to right now? Yeah, I think there's a couple. Um, one that's notable to, that we've been watching for a while now is in the airline industry with Delta Airlines. And going back about a handful of years ago, uh, they did a lot of analytics on data and obviously discovered what was expected, which is that you know arriving exactly on time is probably the one thing that, that drives net promoter score the most. They call it A0, arriving on time. Um, and so they began to really rework all of their processes and, and rules and, and procedures uh, um, about making sure that there's enough crew available in case there's a delay, that they can still get the plane to where it needs to go, et cetera. And one of the things they worked really, really uh, dramatically on was obviously maintenance to make sure that there were no delays or cancellations due to maintenance. And it, look, it's a network industry. and it, 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 While it seems different than maybe networks like pipes and wires that come to your home, like electric, gas, and water, but it's still a network industry and it's got to run right. And so I read in a really astounding number that they put out in, I think, their Q2 uh, financial release earlier this year that if you go back to 2010, uh, nationally they had 5,000 cancellations due to maintenance in 2010. They're on track for 2018 to have fewer than 100. So they've done a dramatic job of really improving the reliability of their aircraft, uh, making sure that they can not have to cancel flights and get customers where they need to be on time. As a consequence, they're able to charge even sort of higher levels of of revenue. Um, they've always been a, a, high, a premium airline and with high revenues. And if you go back five, six, seven years ago, they were probably at a five or six percent price premium to other airlines. Well, today they're able to command something closer to 18 to 19 to 20 percent cost price premiums uh, because it's a better run airline. So um, I think it's very relevant for utilities thinking about how reliable you can make your networks and ultimately what are willing what are customers willing to pay. Yeah, I think it's always good to see things like the the foundations of a business. You know, just in that case, 
airlines not having cancellations due to poor maintenance. In the same way, utilities focus on providing safe, affordable, reliable power. How that delivers, you know, those basic operations get them right, and you can, you know, you, you start seeing some results. Any, any other examples, Jeff? Well, and to, to extend on that point, Andrew, I mean, customers do notice this stuff. It may seem sort of uh, less tangible in some ways, but it, ultimately customers get it. And, and while they may not make the direct connection between reliability and the price they're willing to pay, it's definitely there. Right. So I would say, I would say the other sort of really big splash news we saw uh, back in in mid August I think it was where T-Mobile uh, the wireless carrier made a huge announcement that essentially said we're getting rid of IVR. So if you're a T-Mobile customer and you call them you don't have a front end phone menu to get to anymore, which is kind of remarkable because. So many industries, including utilities, we see ourselves applying more and more technology, um, driving customers to self-service, for example. Um, well, here's T-Mobile going the opposite way, and it's, it's, sort, of the, it's sort of the cultures. As you recall, we had uh, their senior vice president uh, speak at our, our utility conference a couple of years ago, and, and they come across as the uncarrier. And what's interesting to see is their market position, where they very much at stake their claim on really customer care uh, is the way they want to stand out uh, to their customers. And so here they are making this transition. And the foundation really is that they've spent a good number of years actually applying great technology and being able to reduce the number of calls that they had to manage sort of in person and obviously let customers self-service. What that enables them to do is to take the model to the next level, which is you no longer have to front end to a phone menu, you can talk directly to a person when you call us. And what they built is this sort of team of experts, uh, sort of these, uh, I'll call them pods of maybe 50, upwards of 50 call reps that basically uh, own um, a segment of customers. And they work as a team. Um, they pick up the phone and talk to you. They'll answer your questions. And what they've been able to do is greatly reduce um, transfers so that very few customers ever get transferred to talk to anyone else anymore. Um, and it's really been an astounding outcome uh, for their customers at this point. Um, uh, their churn rates, obviously, that's really important in the wireless business, have dramatically dropped um, by about 25% uh, recently. Um, their net promoter scores have skyrocketed. And what they say as well is that their, um, their, their employee uh, satisfaction is way up and their annual rep attrition is basically cut in half from where it was. So lots of great outcomes by focusing on the ways that best serve the marketplaces that, that uh, you're dealing with. So really, really kind of astounding transformation to see someone basically say, we're going to get rid of the front-end technology, no more IVR. I think it's fascinating as well because it, it strikes me that especially with the solutions that are for the straightforward transactions like you know how much am i due on my bill or what's you know did you get my payment you know everyone really has technology capable of doing that you don't need scripts and people getting involved so it's it's interesting to see how an organization like T-Mobile has then taken those people and repurposed them. You know, well, our goal is to help these folks just answer the hard questions that computers can't answer and to make sure that we're keeping the customers and finding out what their causes are that may cause them to switch and stop that happening. It's a, it's a very different philosophy based on what I was reading about it. Yeah, and the business outcomes are clear. It's, it's a worthy investment. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks, Jeff. Um, 
maybe changing uh, topics, we've been thinking a bit, a bit here about the residential consumers, um, certainly in the electric space, and we've done work in water as well, but within the electric space, one of the biggest consumers of power are the, the key accounts, the big um, manufacturing, often industrial plants that uh, consume a lot of power. Um, and Kelly, you've been working recently with uh, finishing up our first JD Power survey looking at this. Um, are there things that we're learning based on what it is that some of the people who perform well here are doing particularly well as they look after their key accounts? So yeah, thanks, Andrew. So we have learned a whole lot from these utilities this year. They have improved substantially from last year. And we've learned not only are they interested in price, reliability, and power quality like other smaller businesses or even the residential side might be concerned with, there are some best practices there that are really important to these larger customers. They're looking for maybe an account management program. They want to have some proactive communication. They want the, the utility to understand their needs, what the business is going through. They'd like to see some uh, information provided, maybe on cutting-edge technology to help with their efficiency. Um, they want to see a lot of improvement in communication usage, maybe even rate plans options, some flexibility, if they have some uh, contractual agreements that they have to go through. There's also uh, the ability to bring in business. Economic development is really important to these big customers. These big customers are these account have managers, Kelly. Are these account managers as they're working with the utilities? Um, am I right in thinking a lot of instances some of these account managers are almost like part of the you know, part of the staff that are actually at that facility, their their level of engagement. Is that is that the sort of thing we're seeing for some of the top performers? Absolutely. And they have an excellent uh, joint planning program where they'll meet with these big customers to figure out what it is that they need on a year-to-year -year basis. Some customers have less needs than others. Some customers have more technical needs than others. They'll take these plans and they'll make uh, changes and offer suggestions, communicate more, and, and do some follow-up later on in the year just to see if they've improved if they follow through with those promises. Those utilities that have an account management program with great communication and a joint planning program do tend to have higher customer satisfaction across the board, not just in account management or maybe energy efficiency, but you'll see it in price, you'll see it in value, you'll see a little bit of a bump in reliability, and really the key is communication. As long as the customer understands, regardless if they're able to fix the problem or not, if the customer understands the situation and whether or not the issue or, or the problem can be resolved, they have some forgiveness. So as long as you have that communication that the customer understands and that the utility seems engaged and interested, the customer tends to be happier. Got it. Yeah. And it sounds like the successful utilities and certainly the successful utility account managers are those that are doing more than just you know, making sure problems aren't occurring or you know, working out why a problem is explaining it. But they're actually being more proactive and getting in there thinking like, you know, what are the problems that the customer is facing and how can we at the utility help solve them? Yeah, that's great. Exactly. Thanks, Kelly.
So um, maybe just to wrap up, um, one of the things I think we've seen, just thinking a little more about the, the general uh, trends in the utility space, um, if anyone is not aware, it, the good news is, as, as an industry, um, utilities, and by that I mean especially the electric and natural gas utilities, some of the highest um, and, and best improved uh, industries within the last five, six years. Still plenty of room for improvement, not the highest ranking by any means. Often some of the, the lowest average scores are coming from our utility studies, but the gains have been really good. Um, a couple of days ago, I, one of the things we, we saw was the announcement from Excel Energy and Google, where they are announcing their partnership to put in place services for Google Assistant so that customers have got improve services via the Google Assistant to use voice to better understand their energy uses and it's going to be interesting watching how that and other emerging trends have an impact on the customer's experience. I was curious, John, as, as you reflect on it, um, are there any things that you're seeing um, that we're learning and how are, how are we seeing utilities that our team at JD Power is working with, how, how are we seeing them actually realize some of these gains? Because it's, it's notable that this is one of the most improved industries right now. Sure. Uh, what's been interesting, you know, for us is, is we kind of go around the country. I know when we used to do it six, seven years ago, maybe 25% of the utilities we worked with had a dedicated team and, and had goals and metrics and were focused on improving satisfaction. And, and now probably 95% have a team focused on improving kind of their overall scores. And yeah, earlier this week, I was with the utility and they had a whole afternoon set aside uh, 137 slides just to go through each of the factors, uh, both safety and reliability on the uh, gas side and, and power quality on the electric and all the other factors, and, and just pretty much put up in front of 80 or 100 of their internal team, here's what we're doing from power quality, You know, here are our goals, here's where we're tracking for 2018, here's our 2019 goals, uh, and just kind of go through each of the areas within JD Power from a satisfaction. And one, talk about what they've improved, but also where they need to continue to improve. And, and what's great is this utility on the gas side has a JD Power trophy. On the electric, they're still working uh, to, to improve, to get to that top quartile. But to me, if, if I was a gas brand trying to chase this company that's already really good, is they're focused on even getting better. So I think to me, that was kind of the fun thing. You know, we've all heard in the past where or a utility or someone in the room will say, well, give me the two things I need to improve. And as we know, they're not, there isn't two things. It's really kind of across the board, you know, from a communication citizenship, from improving their first call resolution to improving their outage communications. So it's been really great to see, especially over the last couple of years, where customers are just so focused on improving satisfaction. That's great, John. So I'm curious, the 137 slides, that's content that the utility itself has been generating to yes. understand in depth what they need to change. Uh, did I hear that right? Yeah, that didn't include my 44, so that was 137 <laughs> of their own. Yeah, excellent. No, that's great. It's good, to, it's good to learn that. And I think it's interesting. That's not unusual, I think, because I hear similar stories from other members of the JD Power team across the nation. So, yeah, it's, it's great to know the information has been used in that way and at that level of depth. 
So um, with that, um, I, we, I would like to thank um, John Hazen, Jeff Conklin, Kelly Jackson for joining me on today's webcast. Um, I'd like to remind everybody who is a subscriber at JD Power that our utility annual conference is scheduled and will be taking place in Napa, California, uh, February 13 and 14. So if you've not done so already, uh, check out the details, get yourself registered. We'd love to be able to uh, welcome and meet up with you in uh, Napa in uh, a couple of months' time. And with that, uh, the podcast is concluding. Thank you for joining us and greatly look forward to uh, checking in with everyone next time.